Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by, as always, our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for all the help. Short intro today. That's it. The intro's over. Let's go to the show. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Ah, woke me up. I did. I woke you up for you a did. podcast. It was great. I was I was tired. Really? That's really all I have to say wow. about that. I'm sure our listeners are like, hmm, Greg tired? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's strange. I, I challenge anyone to work the schedule I work and then talk to me. No, they won't. Uh, on today's show, we will be talking uh, Fritz's, uh, Fitz, Fritz's, Fitz's free content of the week. We will also be doing a interview with Matthew Estevez, like Emilio Estevez. <laughs> I can't, it's such an easy name to pronounce and still fucked it up. Uh, Raw Charge to talk about the lightning trade. And then we will come back, do a little bit of who the F is BSB. I got a little story that I want to talk to Greg about. And we'll do five-star questions also then, too. So let's get right into it, Greg. Uh, sure. News of the week so, so far, we've talked about Ilya Kovachuk. We've reported uh, first that Ilya Kovachuk will be signing with the New York Rangers come July 1st. But mm-hmm. there are some rumors right now saying that he is wanting to only sign with a team excuse me, that is ready to win. Now, we still believe that this deal is done because I'm starting to waver a little bit. I still believe the deal is done. I, I don't think anything that's been presented tells me that the deal is not going to happen. I Yeah, I... Every hockey player is going – one hockey player says, you know what organization I want to go to? I want to go to an organization that might lose for a couple of years. Yeah, no one like, says that. Like every every player says he wants to go to a team that's going to win. You know who no says that? shit. Uh, a, a, a guy who knows he's not worth his contract and gets that money. A guy who says he wants to go to a place wins means, ah, why don't you give me a couple extra million dollars on top of what we've already agreed to? <laughs> that's, that's what it means to me. It's such a throwaway quote. What is that supposed to mean? Are you telling me a guy who signs with the Arizona Coyotes is going to be like, you know what I really wanted to do? The winning I wanted culture. to avoid the limelight. I didn't really want to win. I just wanted to get paid millions of dollars to play hockey. Like, no player is ever going to say that. No, no one Are you is. nuts? No one is. All right, well, I guess you're right. I, I still think I'm leaning towards Kovalchuk signing here. I would say I'm, I am 85% sure he's still signing with us. Uh, I, I, am a, I am a firm, full mass 99%. Wow, you're a full mass guy? Full masked guy. Hmm, and Jewish. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Are you implying that that's something men of my caliber can't do? No, I was uh, I was making – No, no, no. Speak uh, this I'll, out. I'll explain. In my head, because uh-huh. typically you're uncircumcised at some point in your life. So at full mast, I yeah, was – I was pic- four days old, Ryan. I was There's pic- video of it. Yeah, is there? Yeah. <laughs> I, all right, I, I'm misunderstanding the Jewish culture a little bit. Um, and <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I was I was thought that was later on in life. No. Okay. You technically can't be named until you have your bris. Is that true? Hmm. Yeah. But in my sick, fucked up head, Gregory, I uh-huh. was picturing your dick as a flag. Was <laughs> <laughs> it a magic flute or something? Uh, yeah. So that's if you wanted me to to think that out. 
That's so what we'll have, I, that's we'll what have I was to, We'll have to a hot start. Ily Kovalchuk, still a Ranger. As we uh, always are. Oh, Rangers podcast, what we are. All right, let's do uh, Fitz's free content of the week. As you know, we have a rival podcast called The Garden Faithful. I'm going to plug them. Oh, sure. uh, they are. The, that's what you do for your rivals, for uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're friendly with them. They're both assholes, and they can come on and defend themselves if they want. But uh, he put out a poll this week saying, would you trade Pavel Buchnevich? Some other websites picked it up. And I would like to discuss this with you, Greg. And my simple answer is absolutely not. No chance of no whatsoever. Okay, well, let's let's clarify what Fitz was asking. He has two scenarios. One, would you trade Pavel Buchnevich to move up in this year's draft? The answer for and... me is okay. Oh, no, go, go. The answer, answer for answer. me to, to trade up is no. I, I The players, if it was for Dalin or Dalin, sorry, um, I would definitely do that just because he seems like a surefire stud. But to move up to like anywhere below first, there's no chance. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion where I don't really see the need unless even if the Rangers are super in love with someone, I think the players that are going to fall between three and 12 in this year's draft, it, it, it's kind of like a pick your poison. It's really all about selective tastes. I think all of them have as good a shot as the next to make a significant difference in the NHL and develop into possibly all stars. I, I, I don't know I don't know what the benefit is to move up from say nine to five. I, I, I don't think it's gonna be worth the assets you have to give up to move up four spots because I just I don't think the player that's gonna be available at five is very different from the player that's gonna be available at nine. Hundred percent agree. And I you know, I'll be going to the draft party, just throwing that out there. If anyone else is going to the draft party, I'll be there with the Blue Shirts Breakaway t shirt. I'm gonna be trying to get signed by everyone I know. Uh I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm probably going to... Uh, nope, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. I, I can tell you what you're going to be doing. You're going to be on a uh, couch with Bud Light. No, well, that's wrong. One, if I'm drinking at home, it's PBR. Um, I'm an idiot. Sorry. Uh, two, I'm probably... I think that is my last... Uh, let, let, let A little uh, hashtag Greg's personal life. Okay. I, I think that weekend is the final weekend I'm ever working. Oh. So okay. I will probably... I will probably be playing it very easy because I'll probably go very hard the next weekend. I totally understand. Um, so I'll be at the draft party if anyone say hello. I'll be there. Hello. Hi, hi. But hi. I, I think moving up from nine to five, it just is not a no, viable I, option it, at all. No, not even you're, you're talking. You're talking about uh, that. The other thing is we really did, the, the person that you might want at five. It's just as likely to be there at nine. I really don't think. There's as good a chance as Adam Boquist or Oliver Wallstrom, two guys that I'm hot to trot about. Those are, and just to get this out of the way, those are, I want either of those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm very big on either of them, but I, there's as good a chance that Wallstrom goes at four that there is that Wallstrom goes at eight. Like, the, the, I, it's impossible to, this more than any, NHL more than any other league is an impossible draft to get a barometer on. I feel like we have, a great idea as to what NBA teams are doing where. We kind of know their plan before the draft. Oh, yeah. Draft I can becomes... tell you the top 10 right now in the NBA, and I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to play out. Uh, bet, but we're not going to do that here. Okay. Uh, the, the NFL, same thing. We know what everyone wants, and we even know what teams are trying to move up to get the guy that they want. There are very few surprises when it comes to the NFL draft. Um, the well, NHL. Some surprises, like some move-ups, but you, you know what the teams are looking for. Yeah, you have you have a perfect idea. The NHL, I, no fucking idea. 
how this draft is going to go. I, I, like, again, I, I feel I, like that's the way about the NHL. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't understand trades in the NHL. I don't understand value in the NHL. I don't understand the draft. It's like, what do I really get? I don't know anything. It's, but with the NHL, it's just, no one talks about anything that they want. So we just, we have, we have no, we know Rasmus Dahlin's going one. We have a very good idea that um, Andre Shevchev, the, the figure skater is going number two. We have a pretty good idea about that. Everything after that, we know who probably should go three. And then we have nine players that can go anywhere from four to 12 that makes some sort of sense for somebody. And nobody, it, it, nobody talks. We have an idea of like some teams are putting out stuff like, yeah, well, we, we, we consider trading down. And some teams are like, yeah, well, we, we consider trading up. But th- there's, there's just nothing to work off of. Every mock draft that everyone reads, those aren't people saying these are guys we think this team is interested in. Those are people simply saying these are guys I've scouted and I liked and I think would make a lot of sense to go in this order. Again, like, it's, it's not like we were projected to pick Elias Anderson last year. We weren't. No, but so more than any other draft, and I think this applies to baseball as well, which we should mention as having their draft tonight, and I know exactly two players. Um, I know one, I think. I, yeah, not, not the point. Not what we're here to discuss. The thing is, with the NHL draft, when people do mocks, you basically don't even need to list the teams. Those mock drafts are just prospect lists. Those are the order in which we think these players are talented and this is where they should go. Because I don't think any of those lists represent what teams are actually thinking come draft time. And that is not a knock on any individual writer. That is simply me saying NHL GMs do not show their cards to anybody. And it's unreal. Whereas in the NFL, it's there are just two completely the, different the lists. The Browns wouldn't tell their head coach who they were picking because they knew he would blab about it. Well, it's not just that. It's everybody knew the most talented player in last year's draft was Bradley Chubb, but you have to have the conversation of teams need quarterbacks. So it screws up. You could everyone's... make the case for Barkley, I think. Not that we'll get into this. Uh, Who cares? Yeah, we don't we don't need to. Yeah. I, I understand what point you're trying to make. It, anyway, like if you wanted to list the prospects one through thirty, I don't think Baker Mayfield on anyone's list was the number one talented prospect. But we understand how the NFL works. We understand what these GMs are trying to do. And we understand that quarterbacks win. So those lists get changed. And in the NFL, you also you have clear needs for every team. And the NFL draft addresses those needs. The NBA, to a similar extent, each team has clear needs. At the same time, teams also tend to just take the best players available. So we have an idea as to who's going to go where in the NBA draft because that's Nothing funky usually happens. It's very rare you get a surprise like, uh, what's a recent one that I can't think of, Ryan? For what? Like, what, what was the surprise pick in the NBA that we went, oh, him? There? Uh, Malik Monk actually falling to 11 was one of the surprising things. Like, the Knicks not taking Malik Monk was a big deal. You need, and, to get over, you need to get over that. Uh, oh, I, I am over it. I'm just saying you're asking surprises. Also, Justice yeah. Winslow falling. Um, was another big deal. And Michael Jordan saying no to like five picks from the Celtics and, and said taking <laughs> Fred Kaminsky is another big one. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, what a guy. Yeah. Um, this the, Good time for me to say that I always loved Donovan Mitchell and wanted the rain, Knicks to take him at eight. Just just, just putting that out there. Uh, don't, come on, dude. That's not fair. I Ryan, you know that's an opinion I've hold. I, I, I'm aware that you're of that, but to think of that world. 
where the Knicks have Mitchell and Porzingis is like yeah. a beautiful place. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. I, I just mentally pictured a rainbow going over New York City. And that'll never happen. So, but why have that when you can have uh, Frank Lake, Titi Kakai, and Trey Young? Because <laughs> they're going to take Trey Young. Oh my God! I'm sorry. That's that is. I'm so excited for us to bring our the Knicks Wall boys on again after the NBA draft because I just want to yell at them for 30 straight minutes about Trey Young. Because the Trey Young thing is happening and it makes me so upset. I, and, think, and, I don't and, think. I don't think. Again, I don't think there's an equivalent to. Prospect I hate as much as Trey. I'm on the record of being being a bandwagon Spurs fan for a long time. Uh, uh, the Kawhi thing freaks me the hell out. I do not like it. We're getting off center here. We are. We're not, we're, we've, we've done one Pavel Buchnevich right. scenario. I'm, I'm we're sorry. already talking NBA draft. I'm sorry. We, let's, get, let's get back to the Rangers hockey. What's this podcast? So the second, the second pa- – so we both agree. I, I will go one step further. I, not only would I not include Pavel for a trade-up, I just wouldn't trade – like if I'm trading up in this draft, I'm trading up – from the twenties into the teens. Yep. I'm yep. not trading up from nine to five. That's hundred percent it. I don't see the the value and the asset it will take to move up four spots in the top ten doesn't to me justify the player. You know what, Greg? We have three five star questions this week. I'm gonna pop one in now. We'll save the next two for later because this is appropriate yeah, for, for the timing. Uh okay. great pod five stars from Bleach Two. Mm. But but it's it's Brian Leach too. I get it. Uh oh I- Oh, I got you. Now, ah, now I get it. Yeah, ah, yeah. Hey, um, just started listening. Nice. Thanks for joining. Uh, I really enjoy it so far. That's impressive also. Uh, how many draft picks would you be comfortable with the Rangers trading this summer? Oh, um, I don't know. Two, that, three? I, I, don't think, I don't think that's quite fair in, in terms of how the question's worded. It's not like I will trade one of the I, – I mean, I would even trade nine if it meant getting an elite defenseman. Um I would I I honestly would trade all three of my first round picks if it meant getting number one right now. <laughs> well, <duh. laughs> like I I've long been on the record saying I'd be shocked if the Rangers drafted three times in the first round. Uh I still would be. I would be shocked if the Rangers drafted a total of four times in rounds two and three. I think it's safe to assume one of those draft picks will be bundled with something else to get something else. Um, I can see the So it, I, I guess in a way to answer this question, I could see the Rangers trading three picks. I could also see the Rangers trading just one pick. I just, I wanted, I want to get caught up in how many draft picks should we expect the Rangers to trade? Instead, I would get caught up in what do we expect the Rangers to do with this mountain of assets that they have? And I, I think that's going to be the most intriguing thing because this team's going to be active and busy. What we don't know is in what direction, and I think that presents a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, excitement and possibilities. For example, what I mean by that: if the Rangers decide this is a short rebuild, we can see those assets traded for impact players currently in the league. Someone like Oscar Kleffbaum, someone like mm, one of one of the defensemen for Calgary, not named Dougie Hamilton. Um, I still think a trade happens for a defenseman. We're just, it's a question of what caliber the Rangers are getting in return. At the same time, the Rangers could also go the complete opposite direction and say, you know what, we need more assets. And by getting more assets, they're going to trade guys like Nemesnikov, Zuccarello, Spooner, um, guys they can turn into more picks in this and next year's draft. Second, third round picks, maybe even a late first rounder, depending on the team you're doing the deal with. So it's, it's, 
it's going to be fun to see which direction the Rangers go. And to go back to the point we talked about earlier, we have no direction, no idea as to which direction the Rangers are actually going. No, we're in the dark right now. Uh, we're we're in this weird place. There's two times a year where BSB, Bushers Breakaway for short, um, is sort of in this weird, weird no information place. It's now this area between the draft and free agency and then the dog days of August when, yeah. we, when we're like, shit, we have nothing to talk about. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have more shitty Mets baseball to talk about, don't worry. Oh, we have plenty of great, amazing Yankees baseball to talk about. God, unbelievable. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a twist. Glaver Torres is a fucking I'm the, monster. M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan. Unbelievable. That guy can write a movie out of anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I apologize to Mr. Leach, too, who uh, is nice enough to listen to our podcast. It's great that we have all these former Ranger greats listening to us. Yeah, Shout Brian, out. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Shout out, Steve Valaket. I know you're listening. You're still a beautiful man. Anytime. <laughs> hey, hey. Anytime. Anytime you want to grab a beer, let us know. Anytime. Um, uh, but yeah, it just, I, 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 again, I, I will, I, this is the opinion I've had for a very long time. Why get off the hill now? I will be surprised if the Rangers draft three times in the first round. Uh, I think so too. I, I, but also, I could see us drafting four times in the first round. Right. I, I'm just sticking to the. I don't see us drafting three times. So that's that's, that, that's where your money's getting higher. placed in Vegas. Like you yeah. know what? Three times, no way, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> what what number of times do you think the Rangers will draft in the first round? I'm taking the not three bet. I, like I don't it. know what the odds are on that, but I'm taking it. All right. Um, I like it. So yeah. Again, to put a bow on the draft discussion for this week, I'm not trading up further in the top ten, but I wouldn't mind trading into the teens. All right. Well, I agree with you. Uh, is there any other Ranger topics we want to talk about? Throw, before yeah, we throw to... There was a second Pavel Buchnevich thing. Oh, that we've would, would we trade him for Carlson? That was the second yeah. one. The second one is, do you tr- do you include Pavel Buchnevich in a trade for Eric Carlson? I'm going to... This feels weird. It feels weird I'm going to say this. Yeah, because it's going to be insane. But go ahead. I, I don't think I would. Uh, that's a little crazy, Ryan. I know. It's a little nuts. It feels... It's a little nuts. Yes, because we've mentioned this before. I'm worried about Carlson's future because of his sure. injuries. Sure. And I don't think – I think there's a chance if we trade for him, we do not re-sign him. And unless there I, was like a wink-wink deal, if there was a uh, – we re-sign you for four years or five years, I'm in. Let's do it now. But I don't think there's any way that trade gets completed without the Rangers completing an extension before the deal's official. Fine, but what is the what is the years of Carlson extension where you're like, eh, I don't think so. Uh, anything after year four on that deal is uh, bad. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm worried, and he's a generational gener- generational wow English generational yeah. talent. Sure, and I would love him to have him on my team, and that would make this rebuild pretty quick. Here's uh, here's Fitz's point. And it's a point that I agree with and that I'm going to present to you. Um, Tell me, Gregory. Do we need to have a serious discussion about just how good we feel Pavel Buchnevich is going to be? No, we don't. We don't need to. I I think we're I think right now we are where we think Pavel Buchnevich is going to be talent wise. He can be counterpoint. Are we? Maybe you and I are. I, I don't. Are we? What? What uh, I again? This is this is a pro Buchnevich podcast. I've had some of my best Heavily. rants Heavily. on this podcast because of the way a certain head coach used to treat Pavel Buchnevich. We and don't I truly talk believe, anymore. I truly believe he's anymore. a top six winger who can produce with any line mate, and I, I think he makes any line he's on better. And it's going to be really fun 
when he's on a line with Ilya Kovalchuk and Vladimir Nemeth. So we, ag- we agree then of what his his ceiling is. It's a top- However, okay. I don't think, given Buchnevich's ceiling, that he's untouchable. I don't think he's untouchable. I just don't. I think he's a great piece. He's the player you want for your situation. Like that's the guy you want in your rebuild. Okay, uh, so let me let me change the name of the defenseman we're acquiring here. What if if the name wasn't Eric Carlson? If it's true, but we doing, agree. I'm doing if it. we if we agree has, um, he's at an at a top of his game right now, but we don't know how long that is going to last. And there's a contract to sign with him. If it's Truba or Hamilton, I'm in. Okay. That's what I was getting to. I'm in. If that's so where you're, if that's where you're so going, really, I'll do it. For you, it's it's not so much there isn't a player I would trade Eric Carlson for. You have concerns about Eric Carlson. I have concerns about Eric Carlson's future and what it would mean to the future of the Rangers organization. Okay. I, I agree with you that I would, if, if push came to shove, I mean, obviously it depends on the um, secondary pieces you want with Pavel Buchnevich. But if the if the Flames come to you and say, "Oh, you want Dougie Hamilton?" then we have to get Buchnevich. I haven't hung up the phone yet. No, I'm like, okay, what's the other piece you need to get this deal done? Yeah, and why or is two. it the twenty twenty eighth overall pick and probably a not top prospect, but someone in your top five? I I would do it. At so that- you would do you would do say. And again, I'm I'm sure we are undervaluing. We are 100% undervaluing Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton, and we will take shit for this, guaranteed. But Buch, Buchnevich, 26. Okay. And a combination of Ryan Lindgren and Brett Howden. Howden's not going. You're not getting him. Ryan Lindgren and Yikes. Uh, someone else. Yeah, yeah, a player <laughs> to be named. Uh, well, they've actually – let me pause because people are going to be like, they're not even going to want Lindgren. They already have plenty of defensemen. Fine. Buchnevich, 26, and Howden. I I stutter, and it's hard for me to do, but I think well, I – It's easy for you to stutter. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I do it. Yeah. I think if you're a Ranger fan, you have to do that. I don't stutter too much. I just mispronounce don't make it. The, yeah, you don't make the English. Mispronounce – Everything, but I did start Duolingo this week to learn Spanish. Oh Jesus Christ! So well, go. this is this is one of the. Yo, uh, I'm going to keep checking up on you on this because I'm so excited for in four weeks where you're like, oh yeah, that's a thing I did. Yeah, I'm on day three. Thanks. Sure, sure. Uh, I I over under day fourteen and a half being the day you stop. I'll take the over and I'll send screenshots. Well, that's unfair because I've now set that, so you're going to do it out of spite. <laughs> if I didn't say, I anything, like the motivation I, though. If if you if I didn't say anything, you'd get to day nine and be like, meh. I have Luis. I can just use him. Well, that's that's what you know. I want to use Luis more often. Sometimes. Uh, hey, hey. Um, so yeah, that that our our hashtag free fits content of the week, uh, or fits free content of the you week. Can yell at, uh, you can yell at him on Twitter for us. Yeah, it's it's not so much you and I. Wow, we we are in sync on Pavel Buchnevich. It's not that I wouldn't trade Pavel Buchnevich. It's that I, I thought we were options, on the same page, Greg. I was not worried about that. The uh, the options provided were ones I don't think I'd be comfortable trading Pavel Buchnevich for. I, but I will add, I'm not totally against trading Buchnevich for Carlson. I just have a lot of conditions that need to be met in order for that trade to uh, feel 100%. good for me. And I'm, I'm probably insane for saying that. Uh, well, I, I don't, I, again, it's not us saying, the people just need to realize when we say we want to trade 
Buchnevich for Carlson, or we'd hesitate trading Buchnevich for Carlson. It's not saying that Pavel Buchnevich is going to be a better no. hockey player than <laughs> Eric Carlson. Not even close. It's us saying we are very concerned about Eric Carlson's long-term future. My feet are really tough to recover from. Especially if you're a talented defenseman who relies on speed. Yes. Uh, and you do everything else well, too, but still. All right, let's go over to our interview with uh, Emilio Estevez. I mean, Matthew Estevez. And uh, and then we'll talk some lightning. We'll come back to some nonsense. The other two five-star questions, and we'll get the hell out of here. Transition. And we're back with our first and only interview of the day. Today we have a returning guest, Matthew Estevez. Matthew, you are a writer. Did I fuck that up? <laughs> Is the last name? I, I'm going gonna, gonna to bet a lot of money that it's Estevez. What's that? Tell me how to say I mean, it. Matthew. It is Estevez. Fuck. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say Estevez? It is Estevez. You said you, you just put the emphasis in a weird spot. Estevez? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Is yeah, that, you, is that you, okay? You, you said you said you said it in the old way my father used to say it. And I'm like, no, it's Estevez, not Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't call him. I was banking on you calling Matt as Steves or something. Mr. E Steves. Oh god. That Matt, was the one I was expecting. That's what I always like. Matthew Easties? No, it's Estevez. Okay, I don't know how like I fucked Emilio? that up. Actually, I do. Like Emilio? Yeah, like, a, like, a, like Emilio Estevez. All right, well, Mr. <laughs> Estevez uh, from Raw Charge, you host uh, <laughs> you host the Charged Up podcast, uh, the Raw Charge podcast network or something like that. You also did some great stuff for this yeah. country. Congratulations. Love that. And let's talk about Lightning. So you guys made a trade with us uh, where you got JT Miller and Ryan McDonough. We we brought you on our rapid reaction podcast where I was locked in a hotel room and we all had our brains, minds exploded. And we kind of discussed what what the impact would be there. Now that that is all kind of blown over, the Lightning have lost to a red-hot Capitals team and it seems to be their year and we'll see how that plays out. What has been your reaction to the trade now since everything is kind of played out and it's over? Uh, I, it was a solid trade from the lightning's perspective. Yeah. We gave up some futures, but to go all in and try to win a cup, it, those are the type of trades you got to make. Um, uh, I, both. Uh, see, I just, I just did their player grades yesterday on a spreadsheet. We're going to have come out. I think either tomorrow or Wednesday is when the site's going to come out with player grades for everybody. I gave both of them, um, bees. I think if what Whoa. Oh, that was my phone. Okay. Now, I, my, my ear touched the touchscreen of my phone. Um, <laughs> I, gave, I gave them both Bs. I think I gave McDonough maybe a B minus just because uh, in that last series against Washington, he, he didn't look that great, and that, kind of, that, that recency kind of affected me. But McDonough was solid. I mean, he was solid for us. He was our secondary defenseman, stuck with Strawman, and they shut, they shut down the Devils, and they shut down the Bruins with relative ease. Washington, different story. Um, there were some flashes of him being good, flashes of him being bad. Overall, he, he was a good player. Uh, Miller, Miller hopped onto the scene red hot. I'm talking red fucking hot. Oh, oh, we're aware. Christ, he scored. Okay. That dude, I was like, yo, what the hell is this? And then, of course, he cooled down horribly, and he didn't really score a whole lot in the playoffs. He got a bunch of assists, but goal scoring, the only goal you can really remember is the one he scored against Boston. Outside of that, I mean... Miller eventually got demoted to the third line just because his play wasn't that great. He kept trying to do these fancy between the league passes or backhand passes that went straight to the opposing team, and that banished him to the third line with Yanni Gordon, Alex Kalorn, which he started to look a little more effective there, but it just looked as though Miller was trying too hard at times, and it just wasn't working for him, and he couldn't figure out a way to get out of that rut. But given his red-hot start 
and how much he helped um, rebalance our lines, I gave him a B because you know, it was a hell of a lot more than I expected from him. Um, moving forward with them, that's an entirely different story. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about that. How how so? Are, are you are you uncomfortable with the number it's going to take to re-sign JT Miller? Oh, Miller's going to be a pain in the ass. Ah, the phone. <laughs> Miller is Matthew, stop touching your ear on your phone. That's not how phones work. Here, here, here. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to... And my ear wanted to be close to my phone. Yes. But, so, Miller... Miller is going to be an agitating pain in the ass to sign because he's a three-time 20-goal scorer. He had a career-high in goals here and points, I believe, or maybe he tied his career-high in points. Either way... He had, a, he had a good year production-wise. Um, he has yet to hit the 60-point plateau, but, I mean, he's, he's like a two-time 50-point player and a one-time 40-point player. He's a three-time 20-goal scorer. He's going to get paid. How much? I don't know. Um, he's speculated in raw charge. It could go up as high as 6, 6.5 if he really wants to push it. Um, but I believe Matt Kane on Twitter came out with a whole spreadsheet of where he thinks a lot of the freedoms will land. He has Miller somewhere between the five and five point five range, which I mean that's another that's another Tyler Johnson contract or an Andre Pollock contract. Would it be worth it? Uh, production wise, yes. Would it help the team to an extent? I believe. And he's still, I mean, he's still at twenty four for Christ's sake. So he's still young, but it's one of those things of that huge slump he got into after that torrid start. It's like which JT Miller is this? You know, just like what you guys told me. You have good JT Miller, then you have bad JT Miller. We've seen both. He's sort of a, the streaky of- player that we, we told you he was. He he could be on fire for weeks where you're like, holy shit, this is the best player on our team. And then there's times where we're like, where's JT Miller? And we blame AV for the usage, but then other times that is just the player and the nature of his play. Yeah, and I don't think his usage was the problem at all. He was pretty much stapled on the top line with Stamkos and Kucherov. And he started off great. And then once the second round came, after he scored that goal against Boston, it was kind of just nothing like he just like he it just looked like he was trying too hard it really did he was trying to make passes that he had no business making he was kind of all caught up in the it felt like he was kind of caught up with the whole oh my god i'm playing with steven Santos and Nikita kucherov and he was trying to like step up to that level of play and it didn't work where when miller was really effective was when he was forcing turnovers deep in the offensive zone by just running people over and taking the puck and making passes he didn't really do that nowhere near as effective in the playoffs and it was kind of strange i'm not sure if the coaching staff like told him to tone it down a little bit or he personally just felt as though he needed to step up his game in the passing um area up to the level of stankos and kutrov and if that's the case that's him that that's all on him um but given his uses i don't think it was a problem whatsoever now the bigger problem in the room is ryan mcdonough oh so we all know we all we all know Ryan McDonough has, makes one more year at $4.7 million. He does. After that, he'll be 29 years old and an unrestricted free agent, and he is going to get a shit ton of money. There is. I don't think the Lightning should resign him. I, um, I honestly would be surprised if they did. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, I don't see there. I don't think there's a chance in hell they're Lightning resign him. I don't think any team, like, the, I don't think the Rangers, either of our teams, go for him at all. I think he signs with a team that, like, Florida, that feels like he might be their piece to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way, too. It's, it's, it's not to say that, that McDonough is a bad player. He's not. He's still, a good, he's still a good defenseman. It's just 29 years old. He's going to ask for six 
6.5 or even 7 million per year for at least five plus years. That's just, no, we can't do that with Kucherov coming up with Vasilevsky coming up with point coming up shortly. You know, it's just something that I don't think the Lightning should look at. Now we have a whole exodus of players on the defensive side leaving after next season. We have Strawman, McDonough, Girardi, and Coburg. And oh man, you guys are going to miss Girardi so much. I mean, in all essence, Girardi was solid. Like he wasn't horrible. He just got ripped Given on Twitter. I mean, he got ripped on Twitter for that Burakovsky goal, but it's like, what can he do? And that's the puck literally hit him. Dropped in front of him, he went to go play it, and it just took a bad bounce over his stick, and then Burkowski was already barreling on him. It's just like one of those things where like, fuck, he's going to get ripped apart just because he's Dan Girardi on that play. Yeah, it, it's, it's only because we've seen that play a lot over Dan Girardi's career, and maybe it's not his fault, and sometimes it is, but most notably the other exact play like that was in the King series uh, in, in the Stanley Cup. That's why everyone ripped him. Yeah, but that that's literally the only time anyone even noticed Girardi. The rest of the time, Girardi was a solid defensive defenseman for us. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't spectacular. He did what he had to do. Um, and again, I think the useless thing that you guys brought up about Girardi before is, is the biggest thing. He was playing way too many. He was playing way too many minutes and being asked to do a role that he just wasn't fit to do. And we cut his minutes down by about four to five minutes and he looked okay. You know, for the price point and for the term, it's not horrible. I still don't like the signing, but okay. I can live with that. Um, the best compliment you can give Girardi is the fact that he was unnoticeable yes that is the best compliment I can give Dan Girardi which is fine I think that's a great thing to say about him that's the best thing I can say about him Um, but yeah we have we have McDonough, Strawman, Girardi and Colbert all going off all going off the books after this coming season and only one of them I believe is going to come back on a short term relatively easy cost deal match Strawman the rest I think we should all let walk well two of them most definitely are going to walk McDonough's the question mark. I don't think we should resign him. It's not going to be worth the money in the long term. And we need to give Sergeyev more ice time by that point. And we need to start looking at the rest of the younger defenders who can actually move the puck. Because I think the biggest issue with the Lightning's defensive core is they're huge. Like, we have a gigantic defense. They're slow. They really are. The guys who can move the puck actually capably from zone to zone is Sergeyev, Hedman, occasionally Strongman, and occasionally McDonough. You know? And in this, in the, the way that the league is moving, you need quick puck moving defensemen who can do everything. And we have two to three guys who kind of can't do that. So, am I hearing a little buyer's remorse in hindsight of the trade? Buyer's remorse? No. We needed to make this trade in order to really push ourselves to at least get into the final four. People, some people are looking at this season as like a complete failure because they didn't win the cup and. In the sense that the team was aiming to win the cup, yes, they're right. It was a failure. But to say that, I, I had a few people come at me saying, you know, we're tired of mediocrity. I was like, when the hell is the Eastern Conference final fucking mediocrity? Mediocrity is doing what the devil did. Barely making the playoffs and getting knocked out of the first round in five games. You know? That's mediocrity. Shots of the or devils. Barely missing the playoffs. It was last season. You, wait, you don't believe in the devil's future? Oh, no, no. I believe in the devil's future. I'm simply Fuck. saying, you know Fuck those you teams do? that are Shit. like the devil's future. <laughs> Who barely squeak in and then get knocked out of the first round because they can't do anything because they're a one-line team. That's that's mediocrity. That's what the Devils are right now. They're a mediocre hockey team who has a bright future. But, like, you know, the Capitals were stuck in a rut of getting to the second round over and over and over. 
They finally got past it, and they got super hot, and they beat us. I mean, Tampa's biggest problem was they just couldn't score in game six and seven. Game six, they didn't show up at all. Game seven, people will say the same thing, but I'm like, you didn't watch the game then because the Lightning were literally all over them for fucking two periods, and then just fuck luck, fucked them, basically. And that happens sometimes. I mean, it's playoff hockey. All you need is a hot goalie and timely scoring. Guess what Washington got? Yeah. So, McDonough has more or less been what you expected. JT Miller, surprising at first, disappointing at the end. Would you rather have JT Miller at five or five and a half million or Vladi Nemesnikov at four or four and a half million? Uh, Miller's better offensively than Nemesnikov. And he brings a different style of play that really helped us in the playoffs, especially in the first two rounds. It's, I, would, I would take Miller over Nemestikov. Um, but it's just the – it's one of those things where you, when, once you get the – it's like the Kaloran contract in the sense that you have to understand what the player is. He's a streaky player just like Kaloran is. He's just a overall more effective player when it, offensively than Kaloran is. I think Kaloran's probably a little better defensively than Miller is because Miller wasn't – I didn't think Miller was terrible offensively. I thought he was just mediocre defensively, honestly. Um, his biggest problem to me was just his horrid turnovers in the offensive zone at just really awkward times. That was probably my biggest issue with him. But his physicality he brings really helped the team, and I think that's something that this team needs moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, I would take Miller over Nemestikov moving forward. Because I believe, didn't Nemestikov like, start off hot for you guys for like a game or two, and then he well, kind of disappeared? Here's well, the, here's, no, he's, he's, he started off hot, and then Elaine Vigneault put him on the fourth Yeah, here's the deal. Our coach hated Russians. Oh. Like, hates Russians. Oh. So it, yeah. it was no real was, big deal. Just It know. was one of those things where Nemestikov came in and didn't understand the system the Rangers were playing. That was actually a benefit because he was able to create offense on his own. And then when he couldn't play Elaine Vigneault's system, instead of Elaine Vigneault adjusting his system, he just buried him. Yeah. And uh, that that's, yeah, that's why we have a new coach. Yeah, you, can't, you can't do it. With, with Nemestikov, in order to maximize Nemestikov, now Nemestikov, like I told you before, He's never going to be that guy who's going to completely carry a line. What he's going to be is a guy who helps the line move in the right direction. But he needs guys on the wing who can score. He needs those guys. He's a playmaker. So if you give him wingers who can score and you allow Nemesco to play his game, Vladdy should be a, a really good player moving forward for you guys. Uh, it'll be fun to see him playing between uh, Pavel Buchnevich and Ilya Kovalchuk on the Mother Russia line. That's for sure. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about Kovalchuk. Yeah, so yeah, here's the are you Are we sure? Because I wanted to open that we haven't recorded the first half of the show, spoiler alert. But I kind of wanted to open the show with if we're sure Kovalchuk is coming. I mean, the reports have been uh, that he wants to play for a winning team. We will not be doing that. I, I think it's a done deal already. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that. We, we, I, we, I, 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 about to say, I don't honestly know. <laughs> we, we will get into that earlier in the show. We've already, we probably already talked about that. Speaking uh, speaking of free agency, Mister Steves, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning low key rumor mill for John Tavares. How do you feel about that? Where do you stand on that? <laughs> I didn't expect this to come up. This is something we talked about the blog at like the start of the season. I mean, who wouldn't want John Tavares? Let's be honest. Uh, uh, the, um, the New York New York Islanders for one. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's let's all stop for a second and actually look at the Islanders and just laugh at them. Okay, so sad. You know what I feel terrible for? You know what I feel terrible for? Josh Hosang. I want someone to rescue him. Yeah, someone needs to take him out of that purgatory and put him on an NHL team. 
The guy's going to be like, so good, and the Islanders don't even realize it. Oh, they realize. They yeah, just hate themselves. It's the Islanders. Yeah. It's the Islanders. The Islanders haven't been good in how long? Uh, it's the early 80s, probably. Well, they made the playoffs. They Four lost to the Capitals. Four. Right? That happened? They lost in seven? What happened? They lost, to, they lost to the Capitals in the playoffs a couple years ago. No, they lost to us. Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Beat, they, beat, they, they beat the Panthers, I think, in six or seven in double overtime. Then they got whipped by us in five games. Yeah, that makes that sense. That was the year we lost to Pittsburgh in the Easter Conference Final. Man, you guys are so good. You guys are so stacked for years to come. It makes me sick. Like, I... Yeah, I, and yet, I, and get this, some, of, some, some people on our fans are like, oh, Cooper needs to be fired. He can't win the What are you one. kidding I'm like, me? You guys... <sighs> Hey, let me let me speak for you real quick. Not that I follow the Lightning like you do. You you've obviously gone to every game. You host a podcast about them. You're you're very in touch. But from an outside perspective, from a, from a Ranger fan looking at you, you guys have a stacked minor league system. Two absolute stud star players. Literally, prospects about to come up and make a difference. You have a competent franchise with an energized fan base that sells out an arena that has everything going for it possible. You have trade chips to make the moves you want. You can play possibly for John Tavares if you want. Who knows? And you have everything. Go- Your five-year window is wide open. Wide open. So you guys are in for a, quite a run here and a very couple years you're, of exciting you're, hockey. You're preaching to the choir, Ryan. You're preaching to the fucking choir. Yeah, I just... If anyone's, so I, I, if anyone's I, I, complaining... I, I, I mean, listen, and not to cut you off, but I know what it's like to get shut out at home in Game 7. Okay? I, I was there. Yeah. I watched yeah, the game. We did it to you. <laughs> I know. I know. So when you guys got shut out, I, I kind of smirked. And I was like, yeah, fuckers. But also, I was sad because I want that first round pick. So I'm rooting for you guys very hard next year. We'll be rebuilding either way. Uh, but any Lightning fan out there that's like, oh, my God. Your window is open. It is w- not only open. It's wide open and the locks are taken off. So you got some time. Yeah, if I could just soundbite that entire fucking spiel you went on and throw it on my show for my next episode, that'd be great. You know what's crazy? I'm, um, I'm going to throw this out there. Like, I, you know, I, we could come on your show. I'm not going to throw, you know, I'm not saying no. <laughs> that is actually not a bad idea whatsoever. I do need extra, I, I do need other guests. Oh, just let us and know. And I would love to get, I, I would love to get outsiders' opinion. We just, don't, we'll talk afterwards. Just let us know. Hit us up. We'll um, talk afterwards. Yeah, sounds good. But, uh, uh you know, I'm, but it, it, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I cut you off. I cut you off too much. Go on, Matt. <laughs> so it's it's just the it's just the overreaction and the emotions from losing a an intense playoff series that Tampa had two chances to close out, and that's what it really is. But there are some people who legitimately think this, and it's just one of those things. Of like you guys are just you guys are overthinking it. You, you want them to go trade away players and, and fire the coaching staff, which we got rid of. Probably, I think the biggest issue with the Lightning coaching staff, which was Rick Bowness, which he's a great coach. I just think his system was just. I don't want to say predictable, but teams really kind of took advantage of it. And I think it was partly the system and partly the players not trusting the system too much. There's, there's a lot of times our players went off script. So now it comes down to the point of Cooper needs to find assistance for the defensive side that will actually bring a new flavor to the team. Offensively, I think we're fine. The offensive flow works. Sometimes you just get shut out. It happens. You know, it happens. Playoff hockey. Um, but this team is built to succeed for the future and for the coming years. Uh, to arrive. What you have to do is stay the course and not overreact. And that's the biggest thing I was trying to convey to all the fans who would listen to me, would read my writing or listen to my podcast. It's the biggest thing is stop overreacting. Breathe. Look who we have on the team. We have star players. We have a goalie who's, ju- who's literally a Vesna finalist and he's probably going to get better. 
You know, yes, we have questions on defense. Yes, we have questions about the defensive structure, but this organization has consistently shown the ability to make the right decisions. So we have to put faith in that organization and move forward. You know, they've made a lot more positive steps than negative steps under the Iserman tenure. We have to keep going with it. We can't sit here and scream and shout and be like, oh, this team can't win. Winning in the NHL is hard, okay? It's hard. You hit, have it, have you an answer to Tavana's question, though. You, I do find that interesting. But, <laughs> the what? You have an answer to Tavares question, though, and I do find that interesting. Oh, I, well, I kind of thought I did. I said, who wouldn't want John Tavares? Of course I don't want John Tavares. Well, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious <laughs> from your Lightning perspective of how it gets done. Like, what needs to happen in order for John Tavares to be a Tampa Bay Lightning? They got to dump some salary. They have to dump um, one of Kalorn or Johnson, uh, which is going to be difficult because Johnson's no-trade clause kicks in on July 1st. Kalorn's no-move clause, I believe, is already enacted. I believe. And then there's also the Callahan issue. Um, whether they buy him out or trade him, which the best the best time to buy him out would be next season, but who knows? But if they if they actually want to go after Tavares, they have to dump salary. They have to dump at least one contract. It'd be nice if they can dump two, but that would really weaken us moving forward. Um, will they go for it? I honestly have no idea. I mean, they went for McDonough after being linked to Carlson almost all damn season, especially after the All Star break. So anything's possible. But I think it also comes down to how the negotiations go with the Islanders and Tavares. Because we haven't heard of Dick, except for Lou Lamorello talking to John Tavares every day, which tells us nothing. We won't yeah, actually, yeah, let's no. reenact those conversations real quick. Hey, John, it's Lou. Please! <laughs> That's the whole conversation. I don't know. I, I, think, I think Lou Lamorello is uh, a smug enough hockey asshole that he thinks he can win without John Tavares. Oh, my God. Fuck off. <laughs> I, think that, I, think that's, I think that's Lamorello's you mindset, though. You tell me who the fuck the New York Islanders have except Matthew Barzal on that team that can actually do anything. I, I'm not saying it's a reasonable place to be. I'm just saying Lou Lamorello is the kind of guy that sits there and says, John, you're really going to help me, but if you leave, I'm going to win anyway. Yeah, your Leafs tenure you know, went, is, went really well it, before it's Lou Matthews. Lamorello and you know what, Greg? I, I kind of agree with you. It is Lou Lamorello. It's Lou Lamorello. He thinks his shit don't stink. He thinks he can win anywhere with anyone. And I... There's a reason the Leafs were like, no, we're good, man. He he knows John Tavares is special, but I, I don't think Lou Lamorello is sitting there thinking, like, if if Tavares leaves, I'm fucked. I think Lamorello thinks he's going to be just fine without John Tavares. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think back to all those Devils teams that he ran. Like, did he have anyone to the caliber of Tavares' skill level aside from Kovalchuk? Yeah, they, Brian Kovalchuk is close. I think a lot of us – for I think not. A, I don't know if the three of us specifically – but I think casual hockey fans forget just how special Kovalchuk was in his prime and why him jumping to Russia was such a big deal in the first place. Yeah, prime Kovalchuk was fucking stupid. It was insane. And he was, he was lost on Atlanta Thrasher's teams nobody watched and then an up-and-coming Devils team. And when, you know, when he was about to hit his stride, he, uh, he left. Left. Went home. Oh, right. That was a really shady way that he left. And it was a really shady contract to begin with. It was. It was a little Lamorello contract. It was seventeen years, right? It was. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was for lack of a better term, it was a poison pill contract for the salary cap. It completely skirted around everything. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, it was. It was North. I know that. Yeah, like the they, the length was only there to lower the AAV. I think he got. He was going to get paid up front. Most of that money oh, yeah. was coming in the early years. So ridiculous yeah, like that they let. It's so insane that the league let that happen. 
It's also insane that they let him leave. <laughs> no, that too. The <laughs> uh, NHL, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Matt, the the other big talking point with the Lightning that I well, I, I have two two big questions I want to answer before uh, we let you go. The the first one was last week. Uh, a very hungover Ryan and I quickly talked about how TSN kind of made up these Nikita Kucherov rumors, where Kucherov's agent says. We don't think an extension's happening oh. this year. And people began writing like, ah, oh, he's getting traded. But they ignored the second part of that comment, which was Nikita loves Tampa Bay. and He doesn't see himself ever leaving. There's nothing here, right? There's nothing to nothing. Kucherov rumors. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Kucherov has said repeatedly he loves Tampa. He wants to stay in Tampa. Him not doing extension talks now makes perfect sense. The same exact thing with Stamkos. Look, let's all not forget what happened with Stamkos a year before he hit free agency. Everyone freaking the fuck out that he wasn't signed to a new extension at that point. And Stamkos and I have been boasting the entire time. We're going to take our time with this. We're going to do it when the time is right. And it happened when it happened. 28 Stankos, minutes later. He wants to, you know, now, the situation is different because Kutrov is still a restricted free agent. So he's still under team control. <clears throat> so... The Lightning still have leverage. Now, I believe Kucherov will have arbitration rates at this point, and he's going to get paid. But him not getting an extension this season is perfectly fine. It fits with what Eiserman consistently does. He doesn't really sign player that many players um, over a year out from their uh, contract ending. Hedman is like the one, Hedman's one of the few exceptions because he signed Hedman shortly after he signed Stamkos, and Hedman still had a year left on his current contract. It's par for course. That is literally people just trying to start the rumor mill on Kucherov because they just don't like Kucherov for some reason. I, I don't think it's that they don't like, well, I, the Tampa p- portion of it may not like Kucherov, but I think people started it because everybody loves Kucherov and would love to get their hands on them. I just thought it was a non-story. I, you, there, I don't think there's a package you can trade Nikita Kucherov for. I mean, give us first-round picks for the next 10 years and then one of your star players, sure. If the Toronto Maple Leafs wanted Nikita Kucherov, you have to give him Austin Matthews. I mean, but that, it's, it's that it, kind of trade. When it, when it comes to players like that, when it comes to the Matthews, the Samkos, the Kucherovs, you have to pay like uh, you have to pay like a premium plus for for players for players like that. That's why players like that don't usually go anywhere, you know, because the the, the trade call the trade ask for those guys would be astronomical. Like if anyone comes to Eisman says, so how much for Kucherov? Uh, five first round picks at a minimum, and then we can, you know, <laughs> one of your uh, A-plus players. That, that's just me being outrageous and an asshole because, like, really? I'm going to trade Nikita Kucherov? You, are you serious? The answer is no. You know? Yeah, he the had the first 100-point no. season in a decade for this fucking franchise. Like, what? Yeah, and you yeah. guys have Stamkos. So, there you go. What was the second question, Greg? <laughs> um, you're, I, I remember you saying very vividly, Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, you have no buyer's remorse. Do you have – which piece do you miss the most? And the piece is given up again. Lieber Hayek, Brett Howden, a first-round pick, Vladi Nemestikov, and that second conditional pick that becomes a first if you win the Cup next year. Which of those five pieces are you looking back <laughs> like, man, that's, that's the guy I wish we didn't let get away? Uh, I think if anything, I think Howden's going to be the one. He had a special run Howden at the end of this year. I think I think Howden is going to be a really good player at the NHL level. Hayek uh, is is more. I don't want to say Boomer Bus is too critical 
of an explanation of it. But Hayek, I think, has the biggest like up-down factor. I think Hayek will still be a quality NHL defenseman. It's just at most, he's going to be like an, a really good number three. At worst, he's going to be like a solid number five, number four. Uh, uh, Howden, I think Howden is going to, at the minimum, be a really good third-line center. And at a ceiling, he could be another Braden point, in a sense. Just a slightly bigger version of it. But I think Howden is going to be the biggest thing. Uh, picks, it's always hard to quantify picks because you don't know what players those are going to be. For all we know, you guys could end up picking, like, uh, you, you know, your version of Braden Point at the end of the first round, for all we know. Um, so that's going to be really hard to kind of gauge. Yeah, I, you know, I hope for you guys it, it ends up that way. But when it comes to actual players, I think Howden is going to be the one who's going to help you guys the most. Vladdy, I think we've seen the, I think we've seen the ceiling of Vladdy. Vladdy's one of those guys who he needs to be utilized correctly and he needs to have those scoring wingers on his uh, on his side to help push him up, but he'll also help push those players up as well. You know, he's one of those weird, like, like those, those weird putty players who he's, he's good no matter where he is. It's just, he can be so much better if he's put in a position to succeed. Yeah. I personally like Nemesnikov. I personally think, he, like you said, he can be very good if put in the right situation. The right situation was never going to present itself with Elaine Vigneault. I have, just inherent faith in David Quinn to figure it out. But the Rangers are in such a weird spot that I, I still don't see a reason for both Ryan Spooner and Vladimir Nemestikov to be on this roster come next year. And I have no idea who they're going to trade. They could, or if they trade both, they could very easily trade both. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I mean, we were talking before the year. So at the blog at raw charge, we were talking about Nemestikov's next contract. If we were going to keep him, because I mean, we all we all thought he could possibly be trade bait, but we didn't think he'd be big trade bait because we expect we expected him, Stankos, Kucherov to be aligned together because we saw flashes of it the season prior where it was really good. So we figured maybe they put him on there, they let that line go. Vladdy puts points up like he actually did, and then they try to trade high him. But I I kind of figured teams would look at that and be like, well, he only did good when he was with these star players. And he didn't really step out too much when he was with regular players. So should we actually push it? Should we not push it? And, it, you know, the Rangers pulled the trigger on it, obviously. But it's just one of those things that we were just like, Vladdy's next contract, you know, we could think if he blows up, he could possibly push, you know, four and a half, five million per year if he blows up this season. And given the fact that he was essentially shoved down into the depths of the doghouse by Aline Vigneault, and he's capped at, like, what, 48 points or something like that, I think, right? Yeah, and I think it, it feels like 43 of those came with the Lightning. It does. Yeah, majority of came with us, so who knows how New York will actually negotiate with them. I think somewhere, like, you know, $4 million would probably be a good price for him, but who knows? Like, I, I, I stopped trying to predict what the Rangers will do a while ago because they continually do things that make you go, what? Well, yeah, welcome to the show. Silence. Yeah. I I still like <laughs> I still like Nemesnikov. I I believe in him. Uh, I just I I the question with the Rangers is I just don't know how long this rebuild's going to take, and if it's going to take more than an, another year, I don't know if Nemesnikov is the guy to keep around for that. Who knows? I mean, we've seen so many teams bounce back. Uh, look at the Leafs for Christ's sake. It was two years, and they were right back in the race. Mainly because they got lucky and they got off to Matthews. Yes, but off to Matthews, that team is still probably, you know, maybe at best a bubble team. But with Matthews, they're so much better than that. Can you guys get a player like that? I think you're, you're the ninth pick, right? Yep. Yep. Nine, nine, 26, and 28 in the first round. Yeah. 
if you guys can get, you're probably not going to get a player of that caliber at nine, but you'll probably get a really good player. Um, it's just a matter of what moves you guys make. If you guys get Kovalchuk and you make a few other savvy moves that possibly get you another good center, who knows? You guys can be right back into the thick of things. But rebuilds are weird, man. They're weird. It might be two years of you, you guys sucking and then bam. Well, you guys hit gold on something. Let's look at a team that's been rebuilding, and this will be the last part in the last couple of years. Uh, but I mean like 10. Arizona has been trying to rebuild, and that's been going pretty poorly. So uh, that's and Buffalo. That, yeah, Ed Buffalo for sure. And that's my worst case scenario. So, I mean, I feel bad for Arizona. They, they've tried to tank efficiently. They never have. Uh, they've always gotten outside the top three or gotten the, the guy that got away. I mean, Keller has been good for them, but that's a team that still has how many years left of rebuilding? A lot. So we'll see. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since they've been in that. But I think another, another team to really have a look at is the Devils. I mean, no one expects the Devils to be this good. And their underlying numbers kind of set the story of, like, they're not this good. But that's all you really need to kind of rejuvenate an organization. That's all you really need. Um, but you have to make the right moves. And New Jersey made some pretty solid moves. I, all by the trade deadline, getting Patrick Brewer, and I was like, why? Like, you're not going to go anywhere. Are you serious? But that's just me. Um, but that, that's a rebuild that you kind of, you know, you kind of expect to see. You know, they slowly build up. They peak a little bit. And then New Jersey might come back to normality a little bit, or who knows, they might come back up. And I think that's more the middle ground of what most teams kind of go through compared to what Buffalo and Arizona are dealing with on the complete negative side. And then Toronto's obviously on the much more positive side of that. Exactly. And then there's also the ugly version, which is Edmonton. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You have the best player in the league and you can't win. Congratulations. I'm, I, I just, I want Clef bomb so bad. And I know that he's attainable because Chirelli is an idiot. So it's all I want this offseason. Man, when Pierre Torelli's a GM, it just excites every every other NHL fan because you're like, oh, you know Torelli's going to fuck this up. <laughs> it's going to – just Zuccarello in both the 26th and 28th for Clef Bomb and just let Torelli do something stupid with it. I'd take that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, man. Please. Like, all right. For Clef Bomb? Like, like, no, no. Like, I, I'm saying from your perspective, like, giving that up for Clef Bomb? Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We would He's, love that. He's he's so underrated, and Chirelli's angry at him because he got injured last year. I love Chirelli. I don't want Chirelli to ever leave. <laughs> he, he has been injured. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want Chirelli to ever leave. He makes everything more fun when it comes to trades because I can say anything I want about what the Oilers can possibly do, and no one can be like, "Well, that's a little ridiculous." No, everything's on the table. He might do Mark Stahl straight up for Clefbaum. No, come on. <laughs> okay, okay. If that happens. Oh man! No, come on! That Don't might stop. make that might make that might make Hall for Larson like a footnote. Yeah, I I need I need Ryan's butt if stall for Clefbaum was to trade. I'd let you do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Spread for you, Matthew Estevez. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Sorry about mispronouncing your name. Hopefully, we'll we have you back on the future, and hopefully, we'll you know make our appearance on Raw Charge at some point. Definitely. I'll be hitting you guys up here probably the next week or so to uh, hash out some stuff. Awesome, man. Plug your Twitter, and then we'll, we'll hang up on you politely. <laughs> fucking smartass. <laughs> um, my Twitter is uh, at Matt Estevez. My last name is spelled E-S-T-E-V-E-S-89. I am the I am a writer and a, the podcast host for Charge Up a Raw Charge podcast for the blog, Raw Charge, which is the SB Nation affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming out. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Hey, we're back. Thanks, Amelia. I mean, Matthew, for coming on. Really appreciate it. 
Uh, probably be on his podcast soon, Raw Charge. But let's uh, let's get to some five star questions, then I'll pronounce some hockey names, Greg. Uh, yeah, I am. I, I I love that Eric keeps sending us hockey names for you to pronounce. But yes, five star questions. Oh, uh, these are pretty quick. Uh, five star review. Your number two fan number one was taken. This seems to be the second review this person's left. Thanks so much for leaving two. I don't know how you did that. Uh, <laughs> still still laughing my head off about the mo- podcast with your moms. Thank you so much. I I Greg, I actually listened to our full mom podcast at the gym the other day, and I was giggling like a child. Uh, over how many times do you think I've talked to my mom since the mom cast? Three times. Mm, I think that's too high. Really? Mm. Yeah. This is just our relationship. We've texted a couple times, but I, I just, I suck at calling home. Uh, question out of all the Metro teams, Rangers, Isles, Ooh. Devils, Mets, Yanks. Oh, Mets? so, so she means all like the, oh, New, the York, Metro New York, teams. Metro okay. New York, or she or he, sorry. They, they mean all, all, I don't know why I expected the number two fan to be she, but that's my bad for sure. Uh, she, they, they expect, uh, who already are, whoever, I also mentioned everyone in New York who has the best coaching staff. Thanks guys. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, well, let's, let's start eliminating people. This is easy. So the Giants were gone. That's good. Uh, the Jets. Well, well you, so oh yeah, I don't really trust Pat Shermer. I would I would say the Jets too. The Jets are out. The Knicks are definitely out. Are they? I you like, don't like Fiz, You don't like Fizdale. I like his wife, but I also like Fizdale a lot. <laughs> my wife. My his wife. But um, I I I, I like him a lot. I just. We don't know. Well, we also we don't quite know. I, I think you also have to eliminate the Rangers because we don't know what that. We don't know what Quinn's like, like either yet. We're definitely I, I not eliminate the Islanders because Doug Wade is uh, definitely not uh, doing the Islanders. So so far we've gotten rid of the Rangers, all of hockey, all uh, all. Of I, I don't know. I think the Devils are in the conversation. Actually, I was about to say Devils might be the answer for this question. The Red, the Red Bulls. I don't know enough about. Same thing with NYFC, but I've heard mixed things. The Nets are definitely not the answer, despite you know you know what. Um, if we're going off of reputation of the coaches in Metro New York. I actually, this is, this is going to be the most grown worthy and boring answer. It, it's probably the Red Bulls. Jesse good? March is up for very serious European jobs. And that is significant. Okay. That, that, it, it would be like the, the jobs Jesse March is in line for would be like, um, would almost be like the Rangers hiring a college coach. Wow. Okay. Like it's, it's significant. That's an actual answer. I mean, uh, looking at it at everything here, I would say the Devils, just because that's. I, I'm not going to say the the Yankees, despite their incredible play. I I, I, I still don't trust. Bruce. I, still I don't, The funny thing is, I would, if I'm a if I'm a baseball fan, I'd still rather have the Met coaching staff, just the Yankee roster. I and as a Yankee fan, I agree with you. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, I I don't like Boone yet. I still don't like him. I don't know what it is. Uh, the that team is is unbelievably stacked with as much talent as you possibly could have but I just there's nothing I don't he's missing something for me and I've been that, that way since day one I do like Callaway despite yeah, I him love, despite I love Callaway and I love Island what I don't love is the Mets only having four pitches that are worth a damn yeah and and there have been some Callaway moments lately that I'm sure you'll talk about at some point but uh he is still get, kind of getting his ground there and I think he'll eventually be one of the better coaches in New York we'll see how that plays out of of the big four sports teams, I I honestly think the Devils uh, is the coaching staff I envy the most because it really feels like not only does Hines know what he's doing, but he knows how to manage a locker room. With I'm with you on that. I think the Devils is the answer. Oh, the, oh. But if we wanted if we wanted to ev- it, um, expand this beyond the top four sports, I I do think uh, and we and we should mention we're going to have a soccer podcast later this week. We're doing oh, a World yeah, Cup World preview. Cup preview. Nice. Uh, the jobs Jesse Marsh is up for are significant enough where we have to take a step back and be like, this This guy is special. The other question is from Ryan's family, five stars. 
Uh, 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 it says, this is by DC23VGDS. Okay. Is that the name of his business? Maybe. Uh, my, my favorite Rangers podcast. Thank you. Uh, and, and now the off story, off season storyline of Ryan's family. Totally on Team Greg. Ah, very, I like this guy. very oh, creepy moves by Ryan. But my five, but my five star question isn't it obvious why Ryan's family is ignoring him? The old because <laughs> you're a fucking creep. <laughs> the, <laughs> this isn't that hard. The old man had yards full of vines in Italy, restaurants in the states. Who knows how many goats? Clearly has a bucket of cash, and they don't want to give Ryan's mom, her kid, of the uh, her kids, and her kid the fair share. Also, go back to Montreal during hockey season. Check out a Habs game. Uh, went there for Ranger game past season. And it was a blast. Uh, ben, Mon- ben, Mon- ben Montreal for a Canadiens game. Yes. Uh, well, I, I'm going to try and go back this year. But uh, it is very obvious that I have thought about this. The guy passed away, and now I'm suddenly reaching out his family. I, I'm aware how creepy that is. but And it does seem like I'm money-grubbing. But I can assure you, I am not. I just, again, as, as I've said, I, I'm totally fine with them being like, hey, dude, fuck off. I just want to be like, hey, we acknowledge you, and then fuck off. <laughs> and it is not their responsibility to even acknowledge. Yes, and I told, I said I wouldn't talk about this anymore. I don't talk about this anymore on the podcast. But uh, here you are talking. But about I got it. the five star question, so we, we we did talk about it. I, I I did put that together after after that that came out, and I was like, uh, they probably think I'm money rubbing here, but I'm I am not. Uh-huh. I just I don't even think they need to get to the money grubbing part to think you're just a fucking creep. <laughs> Thank you. <Greg. laughs> I, I like how I took shit last week after what you said you did in Montreal, but everyone's like, hey, well, Ryan's the creepier. I was like, all right, cool. I, I had a creep. I paid her for her services, Ryan. That's true. It was a, it was she, she, it, it was she's a, paying rent. It was money. an exchange of goods. Yeah. Um and we had a conversation. It wasn't just like I didn't that's, just that's show up actually you, money you, being like, hey, penis time. You learned her real name and you texted. So <laughs> That's true. It was a relationship. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to meet uh, your child, Pierre-Luc Gregoire, yeah. in the next couple of months. Exactly. So uh, let's do pronunciation of hockey names. Week I, got two. Four, I got four new ones for you, Ryan. All right. I have it up here, and I am not thrilled. <laughs> for anyone that's just tuning in for the first time, Greg, uh, one of our listeners, Eric, comes on and uh, gives sends Greg names, hockey names every week for me to pronounce, and I do a terrible job. Yeah, there's no chance on this one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this is, and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to go for it. Yep. Uh, it is. Hold on, it disappeared. It is Brent Brenko Radovolchekvic. <laughs> uh, so Eric didn't pronounce me the pronunciation for his first name. I'm going to assume that it's uh, either Bronco or Branko. Branko. Not important. Radovolchekvic. Chevic. The last. It's Radovoyevic. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, Radovoyevich. It's, it's, it's Eastern European. I really Radovoyevich. I got to get with this stuff. I really am terrible at it. All right. This is one you should know, but I know for a fact you're not going to know it. That's good. He's a former goalie. So this looks too easy, but I know it's wrong. Yeah. No. Say it. Say it. So it it reads Jose Theodore. Nope. But it, it is, is not. Theodore? Nope. <laughs> uh, I got I got I got great news for you. Yeah. You got both names wrong. Oh no! It's Jose Teodor. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Jose Teodor. Jose Teodor. That's one you should have known. I should have. All right, name number three. It's hard spelling these sometimes, as I am trying to look in two different. 
places and do it. I'm confident you're going to get this guy's first name. Jason. Got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then... <laughs> Okay, I I reading this guy's name out as syllables, and that's fine. But cash, he hua. <laughs> you got you got close. But cashua. But cashua. I was close on that one. Pretty proud. Former of Former first round pick. Pretty proud there of you, me. Jason. But cashua. Uh, two more coming for you, Ryan, oh, because this four. is just too fun. All right. Uh, well, I added one, so congratulations. Nice. Appreciate it. Do, 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 do. All over. You're, you're not going to come close, and it's going to be really fun because it doesn't look hard. Yeah. Kylington? Shillington. Spell the name and then explain. K-Y-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. Ton. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like, looks like Kylington, doesn't it? It does look like Kylington. Shillington. Then you, remember, then you remember he's Polish and how do you pronounce case yeah. in Poland? Shillington. Like Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski. Uh, last but not least... Another one, you just have zero chance. Okay. Zero chance. Zero chance. Where's the vowel? <laughs> <laughs> there's an there's I in there, and sometimes why. Uh, uh, Shane. Got it. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. Hindi? Yep. <laughs> not, even, not even close. You want to get, you wanna get yeah, one more chance? I do. Hi, uh, uh, <laughs> Just tell me. It's ninety. Ninety, of course. Yeah, no H. Ignore the H. A H N I D Y. Yes. Ignore the H. Ninety. Good. Um, this is fun. This is a good segment. This is this is. I'm excited for the hour long podcast where I just get a name of like forty players. Oh, God. All right. Um, I want to do a quick who the f is blue shirts breakaway. Hit me. And then we'll get the hell out of here. I was in uh, Palm Desert over the weekend for work, and I, I took the day off to, to record the podcast and also recuperate because I'm working for 11 days. But in Palm Desert is this national park called Joshua Tree. Yeah, and, heard of it. Uh, it's a YouTube album, in case you were wondering. But uh, it, first time I ever heard Joshua Tree was uh, I Love You, Man. Oh, okay. Um, but it is, and I'll, I'll talk about my experience of going there in a second, but I do want to talk about... I. You know how you and I just like run into these weird situations constantly, especially me. Mm. Uh, I I went to bed at nine o'clock, super early. It, I mean, it was twelve o'clock my time because I was on the on the west coast, and my brain wasn't adjusted yet to wake up mm. at three to drive to Joshua Tree. And I go outside. I'm ready for the hour long drive to dr- go to the Joshua Tree and drive for the whole thing. I'm trying to get there at sunrise to like see the whole experience and like have this like inner peace moment with myself of driving through a desert at sunrise. Like you know, like really. Kind of uh, emotional and maybe too much for myself. But I walk outside and then there's this semi, I would say, attractive lady uh, Mm. comes up to me right away and and just says, hey, how's it going? And it's 3.30 in the morning. There's no one else around. I'm walking out of the hotel and I'm like, hi. We we call those ladies prostitutes, but keep going. She wasn't. Uh, And she goes, hey, what's going on? I was like, "Uh, nothing. What's going on with you? She's like, you know, I'm just hanging out, enjoying the night. I was like, all right, cool. What? Yep, what still, you, still a prostitute. Keep going. What are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know what? I, I'm here on vacation. I just can't. I, 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 I just can't sleep. Uh, what are you up to? Yeah. I was like, I'm actually about to drive to Joshua Tree State Park. And she invited herself immediately, Greg. Why do you tell her? Oh, my God. You're a I did, fucking I, idiot. I didn't let her come. So relax. Well, no, but well, yeah, because she's hey, dead. Hey, cost extra with hey, prostitutes. Hey, hey, hey. It's true. Um, again, Ryan, here's the thing that you lack. When you're telling a stranger what it is you're doing, you don't give them everything that you're doing. Yeah, you have to leave out some facts. I, 
Yes, I, but I have I have that problem, and it's gotten me in trouble, and it's gotten me good places in my life. Yeah, what you should you should have just told her you're going on a hike because you're not lying to her. That is what you're doing. I am. You don't have to tell her where. But then she goes, she goes, oh, I'd love to come. I'm tripping on Molly right now. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, and then she like starts following me to my car. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, so I'm just like chit-chatting her like, how the fuck am I going to get rid of this girl? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? In my head, I'm like, you know, maybe this could be interesting. Like, cool story no, with a straight, with a straight, you know, I know I'm an idiot. And then she goes, she goes, yeah, you're coming back here, right? I'm like, why, why would you go with me, a stranger who you don't know, to the middle of the desert where there's no cell service, who you just met? And then she goes, yeah, as long as I'm back in time from when my fiance's awake, I'm good. And I was like, nope. <laughs> absolutely not and i was like actually i gotta go back inside real quick and like she followed me inside i was like all right well have a good night and then i like ran around the hotel went outside got my car and drove there but like that's not my responsibility like there's no way like her fiance could murder me i don't know what it says about me but i wasn't attracted to this woman until you mentioned that she had a fiance that's that says a lot about you greg (laughs) then it it became then it became oh yeah she was like she's like i have a fiance he's sleeping we're coming back here right i was like yeah but like, no. I, like, I like how the fiance part is the part that got you weirded out. That was the one where I was like, no, yeah. I, I just, the last thing I want is someone knocking on my door and be like, so you took my. Also, you, under, you understand, you understand for prostitutes, fiancés are called pimps, right? Oh, yes, yes. At okay. 3.30 a.m., you took my future wife to be to the desert by yourself. No, it's, <laughs> it's baby, you took my bitch to the desert, now pay her. Yeah, no. I. Uh, she's, again, a prostitute. Now, now, to talk about Joshua Tree, just for a second, sure. and I won't talk sure. about it very long. Not a lot of prostitutes out there. Uh, not a lot. I got to say, one of the most surreal, weird, strangest experiences of my life. You're driving through... There's no cell service. You're driving through the desert by yourself. It literally feels like you're on another planet. Uh, and I, I would recommend anyone, if you're ever in the Palm Desert area, don't know why you would be, you have to go. Or at least look up some pictures online because it really looks unbelievably weird. And I, I ended up going back the next night by myself, which was the scariest thing I've maybe ever done. Uh, cause I wanted to go back to see the stars. I don't know why, but I did. And cause I wasn't able to catch it the first time driving through the desert by yourself at like 10 PM with no cell service in a rental car where if a tire pops, you're fucked, uh, was one of the scariest things I've ever done. I drove an hour into it. I got out of the car. I hugged the car in the parking lot. Unbelievable uh, experience and really interesting to look at the stars. You'll never see them like that anywhere else. Well, you probably will, but not anywhere with the light pollution. And I was so scared that like a cricket made a noise and I like jumped back in the car and drove home. But it was, uh, it was an unreal experience and I didn't take a girl on Molly with me. So that was good. Mm. That's a story. Yep. Uh, Uh, I don't know if I have one that compares to that. No, it's it's uh, all good. I I just, I I needed to get that off my chest. Like it was just like walked out, girl on Molly tripping with a fiance. It was like, can I come with you to Joshua Tree? And I was like, this is my life. I just think it's what happens all the time. Cute that you're sticking with the girl and fiance parts when it, I think, very clearly was prostitute and pimp. Uh, it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I probably. Uh, how do you know? You don't know. I do know. I, yeah. How do you, how do you know? go I, into the hotel room, wake the guy up, and be like, "Hey, is this your wife?" No, I wasn't going to do that. You're right. I don't have 100 percent confirmation, but I'm, yeah. I'm very sure. I'm like Col- uh, I, I, I'm like Kovalchuk levels of thinking she wasn't a prostitute. I am Kovalchuk levels of thinking that girl <laughs> does things for money. Um. Hey, and power to you. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I. Uh, well, we're good. We can end there, man. We're yeah, good. I'm not. I'm not sure I, I. I can compete with that. So I don't really want to try. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Uh, you know, Greg and I doing our usual thing here. Tune in next week. We'll have some things that are probably won't be Rangers news, 
And uh, then we'll have the draft coming up pretty soon. So uh, maybe we'll bring Drew on the week before the draft. What do you think about that? I was thinking a week after. Okay, that's a good idea. I, I just we've we've, we've talked we've about draft we have. We're getting to one of those points where too much. It, we just need it to happen. Yeah, we really good. just need the draft to happen. I I do want Drew on to break down the draft with us. Uh, and this is um, Daddy Drew. We should mention Drew Dad. Congratulations, Drew. We got to get him something. Uh, yeah, we do. We I want to get. Mic- Microphone that I've been meaning to mail him for. Uh, what about like a, you know like a BSB onesie for his kid? Uh, I thought we were already doing that. We are. There we go. All right. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Follow us on Instagram at Blue Shirts Breakaway. And then also uh, keep those five star reviews coming. I cannot believe this segment is still going, but I love it. How many five star reviews are we up to? We are like hundred something. We have one hundred nineteen five star reviews. Uh, we're the best. V- very proud of everyone who's commented. We officially have one. Review for three, two, and one star. Someone gave us a two-star review this week. Two feels weird, right? It feels weird. I hate hate you, but but I... But but God damn it, do I respect you. (laughs) (laughs) I I want you guys to know that you're a fucking waste, but at the same time, you're you're trying. Thanks for trying. All right, we're we're off to do our Patreon uh, bonus extra about Jacob DeGrom trades. Love you guys. See you next week. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.